Welcome to the Mentality Podcast. Today we have got Steve Arnott who has made the trip across from Hull. We are going to talk about the documentary that he featured in and drove actually along with Sean McAllister. Just want to put a point in here, Chris, because it's called Chris, a Northern Soul. It's called a Northern Soul, not Northern Soul, which is the film Stevie brought twice <laughs> and watched separately, <laughs> yeah, which is, is about the Northern Soul movement and and drugs and stuff. In. Chris brought Steve over and, and organised it, and um, obviously I'm like I watched watched the film. Um, I managed to watch the uh, the wrong film twice, so I just want to clarify: it is a Northern Soul, yeah, not just Northern Soul. It was an alright film, actually, the other one, to be honest. I haven't really seen it, it, but I'll it check been, it out. It would have been a mental podcast, though. I, I didn't know who I was going to be interviewing or, or whatnot, but th- this chat we've just had was brilliant. We talk about the stuff that he's doing, leaving his job at a factory, the initiative that he took on for Hull City of Culture back in 2017, and also about what he's taking on now, about knife crime. As he mentions, Hull is second in the statistics for knife crime in, in the UK, mm. which I didn't know. Second to London, yeah, Yorkshire yeah. and, no, is it Humberside Yorkshire and Hullard? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm pretty inspired by the talk. Steve's done a lot amongst adversity. And for a guy who hasn't had so much luck and he's been making ends meet, he decided to put back anyway and to inspire children and make a difference along with his Beats bus and living his purpose. I think we'd, we'd agree with that, so good chat it was a brilliant chat you pick up a lot on this and there's a lot of advice for people who are working in an unhappy job that they might not want to do also yeah give the film a watch before listening to the pod to get more out of it I mean you can listen to the yeah. pod without it but um, the film is I think it's about an hour 13 it's free on BFI player so yeah. um, really inspiring I loved it so yeah give it a watch we've got Steve Arnott on the podcast today um, Steve, well, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the film later on, A Northern Soul, which yeah. is um, how I came in c- into contact with you. Um, but yeah, before that, do you want to tell us uh, a little bit about yourself, your life growing up and kind of what led you to the film? Yeah, yeah. Um, growing up in all, until about the age of about 10, I got bullied a lot, pushed around a lot and didn't really know where I fit in in life. And then when I was about 10 years old, I was walking to shop one day and I seen this guy putting a piece of cardboard down on the floor. I thought, what's this guy doing? And then he got like a tape deck out, put some music on and started like spinning on his knees and stuff. And like, I just went up to him and said, wow, what are you doing? And uh, he turned around to me and he explained, oh, this was um, a turtle. This is a backspin. And he introduced me to hip hop that day. And like, I just fell in love with the culture from being about 10 years old. So uh, that was, that was the start of the journey for me. Um, I wrote my first song when I was about 13, 14, played my first live gig about 15 years old. And then ever since then, yeah, I just wanted to be a hip hop artist. And then as I got older and a bit wiser, I realized that, you know, it's not all about selling records. It's not all about uh, making number ones. It's not all about money and all that glamour stuff. It's about making yourself an artist and then passing on the knowledge that you've gathered along the way to younger people to try and change mm. the next generation's lives. And I came to that realisation about when I was about 40. Wow. <laughs> so so yeah. between like, say like 14, 15 and 40, was it always still like a, a dream you always had? To yeah, like, I yeah, still want to do something definitely. with this one day. Yeah, I mean, I got signed by an American label in 2013, I think it was. Cool. It went really well for about a year, a year and a half, and the publicity was massive and stuff. 
And then all of a sudden they like cut all contacts. So they like ripped me off. Oh. But, you know, being from Ulland, getting signed by an international yeah, label, it was big. a massive thing for and so me. So that's yeah. one of those moments you think, oh, fuck it, I can leave my job. I'm going to like, yeah, 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 yeah. But I still carried on working in the warehouse. I worked in, I've done all types of jobs since I left school, really. Travelled around doing all sorts. So it was only um, 2018 when I actually fled the corporate chains and did the Beats Bus for myself. So, Oh, mate, I mean... Again, we'll we'll mention that this, we'll do an intro at the end, but we'll mention to everyone to watch the film. But we both watched it, Steve, and we. And I remember I was watching it, and they they did it at the University of Leeds. I went to watch it, and because I didn't know, you don't know what's going to happen. Like it really that seeing you in the factory, like every like I could tell the whole room was kind of like rooting for you, and it yeah. it doesn't <laughs> yeah. go completely yeah. your way. Do you know what I mean in the film? Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's, it's quite, quite gritty a, and quite yeah, yeah. raw, isn't it? So. Yeah. And Sean, the filmmaker, he didn't really hide anything. No, and like, no. I think it's look, just you see so many things which are kind of like glossed, and you feel like there's a PR spin, but that was just like a real story. Could tell it followed it truly, couldn't you? Yeah, um, yeah. The the, the back context, Chris had. I don't know how many months ago it is when you've seen it. I think it might be three. two or three now, I think. Yeah, yeah three I think I was ago. supposed to come yeah, and yeah. I was in hospital. Yeah, which so we oh, make it right. for the Q&A. Well, that links up um, and some background context. Chris had told me um, about the film and he was raving about it. They were absolutely raving about it. Yeah, I met you in the, the park after, after yeah. didn't I? Because you couldn't come to the showing. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You were saying one of the best things you'd seen and Chris is describing it to me, saying, this guy from all, it's this, uh, this guy from all and he's, he's a bit of a hip hop artist, but he goes back in this beach bus and he's like taking stuff around schools and he's like lifting kids up and he's, he's giving them confidence and self-belief. I'm like, what do you mean? What is going There's, there's a guy in Hull going around the bus. I'm like, what is this film about? Why have I missed it? So eventually I, I ended up watching it. Um, and I just, there was just that many heartwarming moments in it. And I, when I watch documentaries, I always second guess. I'm like, is that natural or, you know, is, 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 are these things happening? But as I said before, I feel like it followed it truly. And some of the, the, the kids in that, uh, you know, the reactions that they had, the smiles on the faces yeah, yeah. when you'd gone around to their house and like give them, you know, the CD or just a bit of a, yeah. just like a bit of a bit advice. It's like you could see on their face that that is like one true moment that, yeah, that yeah. they're, they're going to be inspired by. Yeah. Um, I think we could, talk about the stories of, of the kids a bit later on but um yeah man that that's the background context for, for obviously uh, i guess why we're all chatting today yeah um and and chris is you know i'm so glad chris has got you on because very inspiring very inspiring thank you man. and um for, for 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 someone who's um worked in a factory and i i can i can relate in the fact that my dad did 12 hour shifts as well working yeah, in a yeah. print factory Killers. and stuff so i'm sitting i'm watching that like you're in the position where you're just striving enough, just kind of making ends meet, but you're also in a position where you're giving back. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you don't often see that. Mm. I don't know if you often see that um, when someone's just about making ends meet, but then to go and do something so, so big that you did. So yeah, there's a really raps. good moment in the film on that, right? Where uh, I think that there's a bit where you and the company are kind of at loggerheads for a bit. And they said, oh, well, you've kind of done it for yourself. Right. That was kind of their response. Mm. And then in the film, there's a moment where, uh, 
I think you go around to it might have been Harvey's house, I think, and you and Sean asked you, he said, like, oh, do you see how happy he was? You go, Yeah, it's all worth it. That's the reason it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, Well, have you got any positives out of it? And you're like, Well, to be honest, no. So it's like <laughs> yeah. you kind of show that that's actually not the true what they've said. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. you also say at one moment, it's a great moment where I think you're just finishing off a cigarette and you go, more trouble than it's fucking worth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think now, that's but how I was feeling at the time. If I could yeah. ask you now, I bet you you'd say, well, actually, it was worth it. Oh, yeah, totally. Because, like, it's been... Like 200%. Yeah, well, one of the reasons we wanted to get you on, because, like, what's been the story post the film then? Obviously, we'll, we'll talk about the knife crime stuff, because I've seen you come back up since then. But after since the film's been on, how's your life been? Should we just give a quick background to what actually goes on? I don't yeah, want it to be a spoiler. Then, yeah, yeah. I don't want it to be a spoiler, but from, from you know, from your own words and your perspective... Could you give a bit of a lead up to what happens in the film or, you know, your journey towards that and, and then the bits and bats that you went through to yeah, yeah. to kind of get to where you are now? We'll lead into that now yeah. uh, after that. But just, just from your own point of view, how the documentary went on and what, what that story was to you. Yeah, so the in 2017, um, I took on the role as a project manager and that was for the Freedom the freedom season, because in 2017, they give all four seasons. Right. So it was three months for every season. So this was the freedom season, July to September. Yeah. So I went for the interview. It was um, voluntary. You know, you didn't get no extra pay or anything. Is like this, so this all part of your culture, is it? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. Arco was uh, made one of the major sponsors. And that's where you were working at the time. And I was yeah, working yeah, at yeah. Arco at the time. So I seen this thing pop up because I was a manager then. So I used to get all the internal emails and yeah. stuff like that. And I've seen this thing pop up. Um, project manager wanted voluntary to run your own project. So I went for the interview and they kind of talked to us and then they went, oh, we've got all these projects here. Uh, I want you to pick one and do one. And to be honest, it was all absolutely shite. <laughs> so, so I said, look, if I'm going to do this thing, you know, I want to do something that I've been dreaming of doing for a few years. I know you've got vehicles that you don't use. And this is what I want to do. And I kind of laid it on the table to them. And I was like, they just sat there and went, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they said, do you really think you can deliver that? And I was like, well, of course, can. I've been planning it for the last four years. So Because you'd already had the idea for a beats bus. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I tried funding it and you know, crowdfunding it and stuff. Yeah. Like I say, in the film, I raised about 60 quid. Yeah. That's a great time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I got this chance in 2017. But at the same time... Um, because I was away working with the people at head office on City of Culture, it was having quite a bad effect to me on the warehouse. So there was this guy who was real jealous who was just looking at any chance to report me to get me mm. sacked. And there was knocking my bonus down, there was knocking my pay rise down because they were saying, you're not at the warehouse as much as you used to be. And I was just mm. like, wait a minute, you're the same company. Yeah. You know, yeah. What, mm. you know what's some, going on. Yeah, all, yeah, all yeah. It. So it was a bit mad. So at the end of the documentary, it's the point where... I've said to Sean, I'm thinking about leaving because I, I just thought you've, you've really took the piss out of me. And, you know, mm. even if I did carry on working here, I'd, I'd be dreading it every day anyway. Mm. So the day we launched the documentary in Sheffield was the day I left Arco. So I kind of like walked into Sheffield as a free man. Wow. It was absolutely Is that what mental. it felt like? Like a, yeah, a free man? Yeah, like when I actually gave my notice in and said I'm leaving, I had this like euphoric feeling, like the weight had just been wow. lifted mm. out of me. Yeah. And it's, it's funny to say that because there's a part in the film, I don't know if you remember it, Chris, but you're stood at the front of a class and I think you're just having a chat like a bit of a workshop, but you asked one of the one of the kids what, what freedom means to them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a great moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I he goes, it. oh, 
just for my mum and dad to stop asking me to keep Tidy things tidy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm just like, wow, that is, yeah, that changes. <laughs> but obviously you, you have your own version off the back of the documentary yeah, after asking yeah. that. I mean, definitely the documentary has given me so much freedom. Like I've always worked 40, 50 hours a week all my life. Mm-hmm. So to have, to now have this freedom where I pick and choose where I'm working and when I can see my daughter and stuff like that, it's yeah. just, it's just mad. And to put in perspective though, because it touches on it in the documentary, like uh, like a lot of people at the moment in, in Britain, there's loads of people with rising debts who have yeah, like yeah. payday loans and yeah. stuff. And you seem to have been through all that as well. So even that moment leaving the factory, was there still quite a lot of fear about, shit, that's a regular there income. There still is like, now. Yeah, there still yeah. is now that, you know, I'm, don't get me wrong, I've worked hard. Mm. Since I've left Arco, I've worked hard and I've been so productive for the Beats bus. And, you know, we've pretty much nailed everything that we've done. But there's still that fear of like, what if funding and stuff like that gets cut next year? There's nothing available for us. What, you know, what, where do we go from there? So yeah, I still have that fear now, definitely. And do you, I mean, it's similar to the industry I work in because I, I write and stuff. So yeah, sometimes, yeah. you know, you live from one project to the next, but it does kind of drive you as well, right? Like, yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. That kind of like, when you know fear. you've got to, you've yeah, got to yeah. get that thing to survive and, you know, and yeah. So far it's all been, so from that moment in Sheffield to today, you've kind of had a good run of obviously not health wise. We'll talk about that as well, maybe, but. Um. Yeah. I mean, the, the night we launched the documentary in Sheffield after everybody had watched it, the, there was a counselor from um, Sheffield called Alex Stewart or Alex Brown, but it's called Alex anyway, big guy. And he donated £5,000 while he was sat watching because we launched like a GoFundMe thing. Yeah. You yeah. Know, so we yeah. can carry on with the bus. At that time, we'd had all the equipment took back off us off our car. So Arco gave us the bus, but they took everything out of it. And oh. they was just going to scrap the vehicle anyway. And they thought they was doing me a favour. It was really mad. So we went to Sheffield with just a Beats bus, no equipment or anything. And this guy just dropped five grand straight in the funding. Amazing. And that enabled us to buy all the equipment back straight away, which was, yeah. So, that, so like before you obviously decided to leave, and this is in alignment with the Sheffield show and stuff, the fear of it, like obviously you mentioned the fear and, and, and like kind of reading the situations where you'd be going in and dreading it and stuff. What were the fear like before you did it? What were like the self-talk going on? Like was it was it a big kind of surge of anxiety or, or kind yeah, of... Yeah, loads of different emotions, man. Yeah. Like, obviously I've got uh, two children, so the worry about, you know, just stupid things like Christmas. Mm. What if I don't have the money to buy my daughter's Christmas presents? No valid things to worry about, are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not a big material guy, so money don't really mean a lot to me, but the generation of my daughters now growing up, like it's all fashion and everything. It's all, it all means so mm. much to them, doesn't it? So you've got to be able to give them that thing. Therefore. So they don't grow up getting picked on like I did when I was yeah. younger because I didn't have now. So yeah. yeah, the worry, I mean, happiness... Um, the feeling of just like spiritually, I felt so free when mm. I walked into Sheffield, knowing that I didn't have to be at work at six o'clock on the Monday and it had ruined my whole weekend thinking about being at work. It was just mad. And also Sean didn't let me watch the documentary until we premiered it. So oh. I'd seen none of the oh. footage. So I just sat and cried all the way through it. Yeah, man. I bet you <laughs> weren't having to do a Q&A in front of 1,200 people. Yeah, <laughs> it was mad. Brilliant, man. Just thinking about that, like, that dread of, uh, like, 6am on a Monday. If there's people listening now who still kind of are in a job they hate 
yeah, I'm doing a lot of hours. Is there any advice you can you can give on like if they have got dreams or there's any advice yeah, to help you get through or what if, helped you get through when it was really tough or if you have got a dream, you know, just give it a go. Give it a go because if you don't, you'll spend the rest of your life thinking, what if I did? Mm. What if I did? You know, these these warehouse jobs are ten a penny. So mm. if you're working at a warehouse, you're doing all right. You leave that warehouse, you can get another job in the next warehouse the next day. So if you've got a dream and you're stuck in a dead-end job working for the next man, just quit and give it a go. Give it a go. Try go fund me. You know, there's loads of self-funding yeah, yeah. platforms out there at the moment. So just give it a go with all you've got. And if it don't work out, you know, you can go back to the warehouse and get yourself another job there. But at least you've had a go at doing it. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? Like is they it, all say, never die wandering, isn't it? Is it good? Yeah, like, definitely. As long as you don't, you know, completely bankrupt yourself and put yourself in all sorts of sensibly give it a go. Give it a go. But yeah, like you can pick up a job again in a bit. Put things, it, put yeah, things yeah. in place. It's, it's funny you mentioned that. I watched a video uh, by Tim Ferriss. Um, I don't know if, if you guys have seen it. It's called Fear Setting, which no. might be might, might be a um, good, good, good shout on this podcast, actually. It's called Fear Setting. He's saying, don't set your goals. Um, set your fears and it's yeah, about yeah. different situations like that and Tim Ferriss talks about an experience in his life but it's kind of listing down all the fears um, that you have um, or what the worst case scenarios yeah, the, yeah. the medium term scenarios but then also what could happen from that so kind of understanding what actually might happen from that but then also what stuff you can put in place for if that did happen then, yeah. then now you could um, consolidate or, or resurrect it so that's a quite a, a good, like practical thing to look at, I guess. If you if you're looking to make a sort of um, big jump that, that that you did, Steve, or yeah. or in anything in life, really. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there. Fear setting, yeah. Is it a fear video? setting, yeah. It's a TED Talk, sixteen minute TED oh, Talk. Cool. We'll, we'll, we'll watch it. Yeah. I think the, I want to be doing the TED Talk soon, actually. Oh, wow. amazing! Yeah, because I did uh, be in the story last year in London, and that was like a fifteen minute motivational speech. Yeah. And then they've offered me some mentoring this year. And I think at the end of it, it it's like doing, you do a TED talk as well. So. Oh, mate, that'd be class. Yeah. 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 Well, you'll have to retweet us when you get oh, your million yeah. followers oh, after. Yeah, yeah, keep, yeah. It, keep it stored in the log and then just retweet yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or even a mention on TED talk. That's fine. That's fine. Yes, I'll check yeah. that out. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. You're good that, mate. Um, I'm, I'm just thinking about the... Um, some of the kids that you mentored on on there, um, just going back to, to what I said before, um, the really heart melting moments, mm. the really big moments, like inspiring. And if there's anyone that's thinking about doing something in in the volunteering line or yeah. or the school sort of you know school work, you can kind of look at them and see the 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 end result that you get. I'm just wondering um, about their progress, about their journey, because there were one there were one kid that had a stutter. Harvey, um, that was Harvey, I think. Harvey, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and obviously by the end of the film, he'd not, he'd, you know, yeah, he'd, yeah. Kind of not, he'd had more, loads more self confidence. He was getting bullied, wasn't he? And I think he was getting into a bit of trouble as well. Yeah, he was, like, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and obviously, his stutter had gone. And I'm just thinking, what do you think in terms of, of being able to, to help that? Um, mm. I know on the documentary, it's like you're thinking, bang, I need to make sure I'm <laughs> making money to make sure things can keep happening and stuff. But looking back on that and then also about the progress that they're making, yeah. how does that make you feel? Uh, I'm chuffed to bits, man. Like, Harvey reminded me of me when I was oh, little. Yeah. And I, I thought he looked about, I was I fighting. And, similar, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So straight away, as soon as I met him, the first day we went to his school, he was banned from doing our workshop because of his behaviour. Right. And I said to the teacher, like, what do you mean he's banned? Oh, he's not allowed to do it because he's not been behaving very well. 
So I snuck out like at dinner time and I sat next to him and said, you all right, what's the matter? And I was like, oh, I'm getting bullied and like the teachers are always saying it's my fault and that. So I said, well, listen, I can't sort that out right now, but coming in the morning, apologise to your teacher, even if you don't mean it, just come in, apologise so you can do our workshop on the second day. Yeah, yeah. And then when he did it, I was like, rad, this kid's got so much talent. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, we're still working with him now. Uh, there's a cool. there's an interview on our our Beats Bus uh, YouTube page where he did a calendar interview and he's talking into the camera and, you know, his confidence is through the roof at the yeah. minute. And he's his joined the school quite as well, has it? Because I remember there's a bit where his mum said his, his stutter's kind of at least like gone down quite a bit. Yeah, since yeah. It's the... very, very rare that he, he stutters now, even when he's speaking. Yeah, yeah. I think with, going back to what you said, I think with the stutter and uh, it going away with music, I think it's rhythm. Yeah, you know, I think that's what it is because they're not worrying about the way they're speaking and stuff because they've got mm. they've got to the, stay on that rhythm. Yeah, yeah. So I think that may that's be really interesting. Makes with sense. The speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's definitely out for Avi. So he's still going from strength to strength. And... Yeah, yeah. He did uh, Umber Street session was at the weekend and he absolutely smashed it. I'll be dropping his mixtape. Same with Leo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is a, a you know the song from the movie. Yeah, yeah. That's coming out properly soon. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, that'll be. Uh, it's on the credits as well. I think the song, right. isn't it? But yeah, yeah, yeah so that's going to be released as a proper song soon. Brilliant. We'll have to tweak that out as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, we'll get yeah. That out there, yeah. yeah. And the other kid in it is it blessed? Le- He's blessed, the oh, other kind of you like. Leave the story. We're blessing. Honestly. Really? Honestly. He looked like a character. Um, yeah. He looked like a real character. He is another moment where uh, I think it's where you perform in the, in the square or, or somewhere. And yeah, in Freedom Festival. Yeah, and I think he's. I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. His, his mum and dad couldn't come and see him that day and he, yeah, he had a bit yeah. of a meltdown after, didn't he? And yeah. You kind of sit with him and it's just a real great moment of, if you didn't go and sit with him, that could kind of be it for him. Do you know yeah, what I mean? His yeah. journey, because he said, yeah. I just want to pack it in. Yeah, yeah. And then you got him back up and he was rapping in front of the camera again and it was just really <laughs> cool. How's he getting on? Is he... So he's gone back to Zimbabwe. Okay. Because within his family, he's destined to be chief. No <laughs> wow. way. So he's going to learn the culture of Amazing. Zimbabwe for when he becomes chief, yeah. Cool. Oh, man. He, he, <laughs> he's yeah. going to be a cool it's chief. You've got to keep in touch with him as well, though, like, because he... Oh, yeah, just, I yeah, video yeah. call him and stuff, and... Yeah. What a character, yeah. That's so cool. He was showing me around his house in Zimbabwe, and it's like a mansion, right, so... Wow, good on him. <laughs> yeah, good on, good on him, man. I'll uh, be looking out for him as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it really reminded me of a little Biggie Smalls. You know, yeah, when he yeah. used to rap and stuff, like really did remind me of a little biggie, his looks and everything. So yeah, you never know though when you when we hear some some sort of rhythm coming out of Zimbabwe in fifteen. Exactly. Years. That's what I've said to him, man. Might I said, him. The new people you meet there, just tell them what you do and get involved yeah. and get them involved and Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna be smashing it, definitely. Cool. And thinking about what's your relationship with Arco now then? Is it kind of because it, it's think, uh, non-existent. Yeah, because um, they come not, out of it kind of it's weird because in one sense, right, this is my issue with some of these things like city of culture, right? I think they often like, they pay a lot of lip service to doing kind of good. And like in this film, I'm like, oh, brilliant because these things happen and I don't really often see uh, the actual kind of real working class people that actually get impacted by it. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes there might be like, because uh, my play, we brought my plays about male suicide to loads of areas and we do workshops and we do follow up. But I think some plays or some things, they'll just... I will come in for an evening, do our thing, and then see you later. Do you know what Absolutely, I mean? Absolutely, like, man. Because I thought, oh, brilliant. It's well nice to see. And I thought it might have just been like a documentary about your journey and how it helped you. But then it kind of shows what those things 
it shows what the best of them can be and it yeah, also yeah. shows what the worst of them can be. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, cool, Arco I've got on board. They found the guy who's got a passion about hip hop. They're going to give him a bus. And then it's like all this like bureaucracy gets in the way and like, like you said, people getting jealous. And, yeah, yeah. And it's like, this is exactly what these things should be doing, right? This sort of initiative. And it seemed to be, yeah, it just kind of showed exactly the good that that can do and how it gets ruined a bit. So, by, yeah, by corporate, you know, pe people in corporate positions not having any connection with communities at all. They're Unless just good on a PR, yes, no, for yes, of like, no. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they haven't even been into the community or seen what's going on. They're just signing off office, pressing buttons and saying, yeah, they can have that money and they can have that money. You know, they don't have any idea of the effect it had caused. Like if, if we didn't continue working with them kids at the end of 2017 when it mm. was up here, they'd have gone straight back lower than there was when we originally met them if we didn't continue that work. Because Definitely. you've actually given them hope and then they pulled Taking it away. It away. It's, worse yeah, than, yeah. it's worse than not having any, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So. I think that's almost like, uh, it's kind of a nice segue into uh, another thing you're kind of into at the moment is there's a big uh, initiative around knife crime oh, and yeah. the Beats Bus has been kind of uh, brought in again because I think often these initiatives are sometimes done by people who might not understand yeah. the areas of the issues. Yeah, definitely. But obviously in, like, in yourself, you've got, got someone who kind of um, I think you might talk about it, but it even as like experiences of people who aren't sadly aren't here due to knife crime. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I saw a stat saying in Hull, I think it's gone up eight percent last year. And obviously yeah. in London, there seems to be issues. Seems to be like a national kind of thing. And can you kind of link up the two? Is saying that like some of these kids don't get opportunities to do anything, and then rising kind of is there like a link there as well? Of course, or? there is. The amount of um, youth centres and community centres that have been closed down because of lack of funding. And then they wonder why these kids are getting into trouble because mm. you've just taken you've just taken what they was doing away from them and given them now what else to do. So um, the Crown Commissioner released some stats about three weeks ago and it scared me to death. Yorkshire and the Humber are the second highest place in the UK after London for knife crime. Wow! And that's that's my surrounding area, and obviously you yeah, know yeah. it's not that far, is it? And that's oh. the second highest stats at the moment, apart from London. And what do you, like, if, when you go and speak to people, do you see any reasons like uh, specifically why, it, I mean, I guess underfunding is always a big thing, right? And these places are closing. And yeah, like, yeah. Like no, no available youth services. It's definitely, definitely something to do with it. Um, I've been thinking about it as I've been going along and making the video and stuff. And I, I reckon maybe 60% of people who carry a knife don't actually want to use it. They carry it because they feel that they're in a situation where they might, they might need it for safety or if he's got a knife, peer pressure, yeah, yeah. you know, the mates saying, Oh, I've got this, I've got this, what you've got, what you've got peer pressure like that. But then they are carrying that knife. And if they do get into a situation, the brain goes, there's a knife in your pocket, you get it out and you end up either dead or in jail. For, for one for one thing for carrying a knife so the music video that we've made we've made it an alternative choice yeah yeah we'll retweet that it's great as i said it's almost like a short film as well yeah isn't it? Yeah, yeah yeah so and we just want people to realize you do have a choice in life whether you leave and not just a knife any kind of weapon that can yeah, really yeah. hurt somebody you know whether you leave that at home or whether you take that out, out the house that's the pinnacle of your choice you know so you take like it out like an interactive thing or yeah you want. Yeah, wow. yeah yeah so there's a good ending there's two personal verses about um 
my about my partner's brother who got murdered. My verse is dedicated to him. Uh, Dave, who's another tutor on the Beats bus, he got attacked when he was younger and, you know, he thought he was going to lose his life. So that's personal verse. And then there's a good ending and a bad ending. So there's Leave wow. the Knife, which is a good ending. And then there's Take the Knife, which is a, is a story of a bad ending. Just try and make young people realise they have got a choice about it. So, And um, if... <laughs> Obviously, you don't have to go into it, but what what was he? Um, what happened to your partner's your partner's brother? Um, unprovoked attack, walking over a bridge in, from behind as well. So he had no chance of, you know, protecting himself. So did they ever catch or no? Yeah, uh, the kid who did it hung himself the next morning. So oh, my partner's man. family's never had any answers like why or so, so it's just a complete tragedy all around. Yeah, sort of thing. yeah, absolute. Yeah, unprovoked attack, yeah. massive tragedy. Mm. yeah that yeah like i think people who don't understand if people never um have grown up in the states or known people from certain areas i think they just see mugshots and like statistics and think ah, yeah. oh, these guys are all yeah but yeah i've got i've had like family members and then friends and stuff who've kind of got involved in the wrong side of things and i know some of them are really good people exactly Do you know what i mean it's just sometimes you just make a bad choice, choice in a in mm. a bad moment and it could be peer pressure it could be you've having a shit time in life and and it doesn't mean you're a bad person no nah. good people do bad things and bad people can do good things it's like um but like you said one little moment where you just make the wrong choice and you've got a knife and you're never going to tend to use it but someone's hit your mate and you just do it in the heat of the moment and then that's it life changed forever yeah, for yeah. everyone involved sort yeah. of thing and sometimes it's a reaction as well. Your brain tells you, knife's in your pocket and mm. it's a reaction. Mm. It's the first thing you do. If you ain't got that knife, you're either going to pull him off or punch him in the face or something, yeah, but you're yeah. not going to kill him. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's that's what we're trying to make people realise. That's the choice and that's the situation you can end up in. And how did that come about then? Did they did they come to you saying like, oh, we love what you're doing the Beats Boss? Or- no, it was real mad actually. It was quite a mad experience. So the knife angel came to Hull. Oh, that's another thing that's... I only found out about that recently. Yeah, it's like a, yeah. a statue made of knives that's going around the country. Is that right? Yeah. So it's made, I think, 20 or 30% are actual murder weapons with the people's names engraved on them as like a wow. memorial thing. And the rest of it is made from uh, knife amnesties. So knives that people have handed in. It's really like... It's it's quite striking. Is it finished? It's just touring around. Yeah, yeah. And they're I believe gonna... it's in Middlesbrough now. Okay, cool. Uh, and they're so, gonna yeah so anyway go on they, yeah I took my partner to see it and obviously she was very emotional because of her experience and I just had like this weird I don't know what it was just like weird experience and I just said to Yaz I've got I've got to do something about this with music and helping people and I rang my producer Nigel and said look we've got to do this thing and he was like Steve it's cheesy it's not and I was like no it's not going to be cheesy <laughs> you know and I was real I was real frantic about it I don't mm. know why and then everything just came to fall in place. I went on that night and I'm a bit of a doodler. I like doodling. Mm. And I drew like a No More Knife Crime logo thing. And I just posted it on Twitter. And then the next day, the Deputy Chief Commissioner, Crime Commissioner, got in touch and said, oh, who are you? Really like the drawing. We're doing this campaign. Would you like to get involved? And it just seemed to be within two weeks, I'd made the song and the video was there. And it just all seemed to fall into place. It was all a bit mad, to be honest. Yeah. And now the video has had like nearly 12,000 views and we haven't even took it into any schools really yet. So, But that's the plan, right? Like to go uh, yeah. in. 56 schools after the school holidays. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Quality. And that's going to be in Hull? 
it solely or Yorkshire and the Humber, the, the whole coast where it's it's becoming a problem. We're going to try and go everywhere, really. Yeah, with anyone's listening, you know, get yeah. in touch. If yeah, uh, I mean, go we, to we our might website. Know a few people. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll put all links up and stuff for it. Yeah, yeah, the video. Yeah, 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 brilliant. Yeah. yeah, you've been doing some stuff in schools recently. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's good that you it's good that you're talking, mate. Because I think that from from what you from what you're mentioning on in terms of um, where these people might be at who are, who are committing the crimes, you know, whether in the yeah. states or you know the Yorkshire number, um, I always feel like it, as I mentioned to you before, I thought it was brilliant that you were trying to put something back, and and you're just just literally as we see in the clips in the film. You're kind of just making do and, and, yeah, and continue yeah. to do it. So I'll keep, I'll keep, I'll keep giving you praise on that, Paul. But um, like it, it, mentality, we're trying to do something. Um, I sort of in, in a similar vein because we're we've got a Patreon page where people can can go on and support mentality in different ways, become become a member of the club. But the 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 sort of views and sort of goals that we have is I'm going to do a program in my old school. Um, which is why I like watching it. I thought it was brilliant. Um, and I'm like, oh, this, is, this is what I want to be able to do, um, to go in and, and, and sort of deliver some some programs and values because in the year 11 of um, my school, they've got about 58, 58 more boys to girls, the ratio. Right. And um, when you're a young lad, you've got all sorts of energy and you've, you know, in that age, you know, 15, 16. Testosterone and all exactly, that Exactly. You know, a lot of changes going on. Yeah. And you, you're looking at the next step in life. Um, and I'm really, really passionate about going back and, and helping. And I always go in um, to see all the teachers and some of the kids and to, to kind of go and convert the energy that they've got into something that's productive positive and, and, yeah, and yeah. positive, which is exactly what you've done. Yeah, man. Um, so I'm hoping to to go do something similar to as to what I've done with the Rhinos boys and um, you know some of some of my teammates in terms of of putting a bit of a framework in for them. So getting them all accountable of each other for how they're behaving, brilliant. Um, how they're conducting themselves in school because I, I think back to when I were a school kid um, and you don't see you don't really see the bigger picture. No, You're like, you like you want to have a laugh with your mates. You yeah, want to yeah. take you know take the piss and have a laugh and yeah. Um, because you can, and it's just it's just it's just like an actual thing. But I just hopefully you know there's some sort of influence that I can try and kick off. But then hopefully, if they can keep each other accountable of it inside this framework that we try and create, the, the sessions that we do, the workshops that we do, then it might it might you know spark something a bit more productive and um, a bit more interesting in terms of 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 them finishing off their school, you know, school time, you know, yeah, year 11 yeah. and yeah. Um, being part of something. Everyone wants to be part of something that's bigger themselves and, and hopefully that they can get that taste of it and, and act, act in, in such a great way. Yeah. So that's something that we're trying to do. Um, I think disciplines like that are really important as well. Yeah. Cause if you, if, if you are young and you're going through life with no disciplines, that's when you can start experimenting with all sorts, you yeah. know, mm. so and that leads, leads to a dangerous path. Yeah. So exactly. I think discipline and friends, discipline within friends and within groups, like you were saying, I think that's really important and that exactly. will definitely help. And it's what I've got the experience of of being in a rugby team where you've got that energy, you've got this sort of sense of conviction and you, yeah. you want to go and make a difference. It's within a team. Everyone yeah. knows what the goal is, is to go win a game. Um, everyone's on the same sort of 
path to, to win in that. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's pretty controlled. But, you know, what do you do when people aren't interested in rugby or they don't want to, they don't want to do certain things? You've got to be able to sort of create that sort of path for them or direction for them. Yeah, and, yeah. And in the year 11, that's for them to get good exam results. Yeah. In order to get a, a bit more, um, I guess it's perspective, but also... Um, a bit of a push towards it, what they want to do after as well. Yeah, yeah, make them think about it. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's lots, lots of kids that won't have that and and, and don't have that. And no. um, what do you do with those? That's what I was just thinking because you know, like boxing clubs, always a great place. Like kids mm. who kind of get into that, it can kind of give them something, help them yeah. learn something. And I think you've done a, a bit of work with um, Tommy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're, yeah. Working, we're working with him tomorrow and Thursday as well. So we're in Goal tomorrow night and in Bridlington on Thursday night with him. He's run out a really good program. It's like a six-week program where yeah, yeah. the bus goes all the time, gets like a gym out and bags and stuff. Oh, so it's going into more physical yeah, sort of yeah, stuff as well? it's going into real like dodgy areas where the right. kids are borderline. Like if they're interested and they do get interested, you'll find some little stars. Mm. But mm. The, at any minute they're like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you feel, yeah, you're a bit wary when you're going into the areas, man, but. Music but he can handle himself gone. Well, like, yeah, I mean, no one's going to try and knock in Tommy Coyle out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but, like, but uh, it's a good example of a discipline. Seems to bring the atmosphere. Okay, yeah, yeah. So. That's true, yeah. yeah. But like sports are one way, isn't it? Like rugby yeah. league, boxing, like even hip hop, if you get into it and people, that's where your passion and drive yeah, goes. Yeah. But like if people don't have any, how do you, like what would you say to a kid mm. who's like maybe not? I think it's just, or maybe they don't know what it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that's it. Uh, don't worry yourself too much about it because you will find your niche. Yeah, yeah. You know, don't try and fit yourself into all these stereotypical boxes, what people want you to be in. Just find your own little way and your own little destiny. Like you did, right? You just saw yeah, a bloke yeah. breakdancing and yeah, you just yeah. immediately yeah. resonated. You're like, that's that's what I want to kind of... Yeah, yeah. And until that day, I was thinking, where do I fit in? Yeah, like, yeah. Where am I? Where, yeah. where, where I'm going to fit in and stuff, so... And you've seen... Seeing a bloke on <laughs> break dancing at ten, and then yeah, you're like, yeah. "That's it, I know." That it. was it, yeah, yeah. That's it, and and I guess it does, like you say, it takes time, doesn't it, for yeah, for people to find that, to know that, and you have to go through experiences, don't you, to yeah, yeah. to understand Absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah. Man. Um, Chris Did, picked up a pen at was it four years old, and you yeah. knew. <laughs> <laughs> but it takes it takes time, and hopefully, on, I think. Um, hopefully, I can go in um, in a couple of months and. Just try and create a bit of standards that everyone's aware of. Yeah. That everyone sorts of buys Sounds into great. and then they can kind of go from there then. You know, yeah, there's a thing yeah, doing different that activities. Bit of framework and, exactly, and, exactly. Yeah, brilliant, man. Otherwise That's... it's just like, oh, I've been naughty, I got told off, you know, this teacher's missing me out, you know, and, and it's it's very simple for them. But if they've got something that's happened, something that's a bit special where they've gone, it's like the woodcut mentality or it's, you know, yeah. it's sort of mm. that collective that they've got which is pretty, it's pretty different. It's pretty different. And, and, and they, they will want a sense of belonging to something. And if, as long as it's something productive, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that it works out all right. Did, did you always have rugby? Like from a kind of, as long as you can remember? Well, uh, yeah. Um, I, when I was six, um, six or seven, I think it was, um, how I ended up playing it. My, my parents didn't really, you know, take me, take me down before. I, I remember being my child minders and then next door there were this lad, playing around with uh, a rugby ball and I'm like, what is that? That looks class. That looks really fun. What is it? So I remember always hopping over at fence to play. Was it Dom? No, it wasn't Dom. No. <laughs> a couple of years yeah, later I met okay. Dom. Um, but it's, um, yeah, I remember 
go into an amateur club straight after that and yeah. then just obviously just knowing that, that that's everything that I wanted to do yeah, and luckily yeah. and I stayed um, stayed alright with school and, and, and kind of progressed in that but I always knew it was rugby so yeah yeah you know, I'm really lucky to have had that and um, grateful to have had it, I guess. Do you ever think what would be like, say, if you weren't as like, a, if very similar, but you know, some of the lads who might end up at a championship club will get let go at 17, 18 and they've put their lives into rugby. Like what, did you ever think about a backup yeah. sort of plan? Oh, right. Have we got one, have we got one here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I played for Westall when I was younger. I played for Humberside. And then when I was 17, I had trials for LFC. Okay, yeah, Seven yeah. days later, I got run over. Couldn't play rugby again. Oh, Shit, so, so you had all your eggs in that every, basket yeah, for a bit? Yeah, I had my music, but oh, I loved rugby. I loved it, absolutely loved it. Yeah, especially to channel your aggression and, you know, yeah. get it all out here. Yeah, yeah. After a rugby match, you just used to feel like cleansed. Like. Mm. <laughs> oh, mate, without a doubt, you do. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. such a good way to say it. And, and I never even thought of that, but you do feel cleansed and... I was talking on um, the Super League podcast the other day um, with just started up a new season and John Wilkin asked me about pain and like chronic pain like yeah. you know with knees and shoulders and stuff like that and when it's cold your Achilles hurts more than other days and I'm thinking yeah I'm always in pain actually that's a yeah. good point and, and I, you always just normalise it do you know what I mean I'm yeah, like getting up my back stiff or whatever and you just normalise it but um, it's just reminding me to to um, remember that I am always in pain but but <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, then I, I thought you mentioning that after the game when you're in pain after the game it's like a virtuous sort of feeling good pain though. it's yeah, like a, yeah. you do feel like cleansed it's like you've had 80 minutes like fully going at something 100% yeah. and then after it's like it's like a yeah I don't know if it's a good pain or it's a like a worthy pain yeah, um, yeah. as opposed to a Thursday when you're limping around and you need to play again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's, yeah, I remember it's that a weird, one. a weird thing, a weird <laughs> yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, cleansed is a, is a good way mm. to, to play it. And you know, it's, I'm, I don't think I've ever had that feeling again. It's weird. After it's, playing rugby. Yeah. I think yeah. that's something that, that players miss. They, yeah, they miss yeah. the build up to the Friday nights. They miss the, the nerves, like the, the questioning of what if it's going to go all right, are we going to win? Are we, yeah, yeah. That, when that whistle goes um, and you're on and you play the full 80 minutes, it's like you're fully, fully immersed in it. You're not thinking about no. what you had for tea or what you're going to do after. Yeah, nothing. You, nothing, nothing. No Facebook about. after. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they might start doing that in 10 years. Like, but yeah. at the minute, it's like fully in, like you don't think of anything else. And then the final whistle goes and it's like, oh, it's, if you win anyway, if you win, the final whistle goes, it's like, that's the best moment because you're like, oh, I've done it. I've done yeah. it. I've got through with one. You can shake each other's hand, go in the change rooms, take as long as you need to just wind down and that. Yeah, yeah. So it's a good feeling. It's Definitely. a good feeling. Um, and, you know, being back soon, I'll I'll appreciate that feeling even more after chatting to you with Steve. <laughs> <laughs> just reminding me about it. <laughs> oh. yeah. so, so back to that point then, right? When that was taken, was that quite a low point? You're like, oh, this Massively. Is... Yeah, rugby was everything. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, I had my music to fall back on. That's like another I passion. I and... think if I didn't have that, you know, things could have ended up wrong, uh, badly, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Because my mind state was all over the place. When, when the doctor said to me, you're not playing rugby anymore, 
my man's state was all lover. So luckily I, I had music and writing mm. to fall back on. Mm. We talked a lot about like um, young kids and how we can kind of like help them with giving discipline or just in, in, giving that one little inspiring moment which might change things, as you can see in the film a little bit. But like if we go a bit older, because obviously um, a lot of the people we work with are kind of um, probably around 20 to 40, would you mm. say? Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's still a huge crisis with uh, blokes suffering with depression kind of secretly and, and suicide's still a huge issue. Because I think for the first year in a while, it's slightly gone down, but, you know, everyone's still, still a tragedy. Uh, yeah. Like, um, is there anything or thoughts you've got on, on those sort of issues of like what we need to do kind of better as blokes or... Because you're very honest in the film, which I think is really nice, really refreshing. Like, mm. and I don't think... A lot of people would be, which is stupid, really. Do you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. I'd just say drop, if you can, drop your macho pride yeah, bullshit yeah. and speak out and talk to other people about how you're feeling and let them talk to you as well as speaking. Be a good listener as well. Listen to yeah. people when they're telling you how they're feeling. Don't just go, rah, 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 rah. oh, yeah, and me. Rah, 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 rah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and me. Yeah, that's, man, that's good, so it? common so, now. Yeah, yeah. It is, isn't it? Yeah. And I've had a lot of doctors do that as well. You know, they the don't seem to listen what you're telling them because they're thinking about what they're going to tell you you should be doing next. Mm. Yeah. And I took my, my friend um, who works for the Beats Bus. His mum's 83 and she's Nigerian and she's a really strong woman. And I took her to the doctor's because my friend was at work and she sat down and the doctor said, oh, so what's, what's the matter with you, Mr. Telquiz? Yeah. And she was talking and you could just see him like switch off messing about with the computer and that. Oh, mm. well, uh, well, we're going to order you this cream. It's not about cream. <laughs> no, she was saying to him, I can't lift my arm and it's, it's hurting under here and stuff. And they gave her paracetamols and cream. Like, mm. they didn't even listen to anything, what she was saying, really. So Yeah, and I think that a lot of that stuff comes from on top as well, right? Like they're under so much strain and pressure. Yeah. And you go in and they've got, what, 10 minutes of you and yeah. clock's counting. Yeah, and you know the the rooms fall out the front, and you kind of take away that human interaction side, Abs don't you? Absolutely, like, yeah. which is probably what a lot of people need, isn't it? Really, like yeah. they're they're thinking a lot of people might have plucked up courage to go to doctors, exactly, and, um, and then they, they get need there, that interaction. Like, have you yeah. had any of your mates kind of reach out to you since the film, or like? Yeah, a few people who's gone through the same thing have reached out lately because. This is, uh, this is your um, issue with your bowel, right? Yeah, yeah. So I've got a clostomy bag at the minute. Okay, yeah, which yeah. I have to wear for 12 months. Um, so if we just go back from, this is what, about three, four months ago now? About was three it? months ago now, yeah. The film's been released and uh, you're just going out one day for um for Nigel's, birthday. Nigel's yeah. birthday away. Who does the, the Beats, Beats Boss. Boss. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, it's every now and again, someone, when they're going out, says, don't feel right. But no one ever, if you're going out for it, no one ever lets you get away with no, it, do they? No, no. But you legitimately weren't. Yeah. Your bowel had leaked and you were poisoning your blood or yeah, something as well, wasn't it? Yeah, poisoning and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And I didn't really know what, what was going on. I just knew that something went right inside of me. I said to my partner, you know, this, I've had a thing called diverticular disease for about six years. And it's like little small perforations in your bowels, but you just change your diet. You eat more wheat and you handle it with your diet. Yeah, yeah. And I've been fine. And all of a sudden it just decided to explode for no reason. So, I mean, that's like a life-threatening thing, right? Like, Yeah, I mean, I went, I went for my first checkup the other day and the surgeon said to me, that what, what happened to you is life-threatening. You're lucky to be sat here talking to me. You're lucky to be alive. And that gave me the eebie-jeebies a bit. And, yeah. yeah, man, yeah, that yeah. just... You could just be going about your day one business and then... 
Exactly, yeah, and everything can be took from you in a split second. But like, luckily, you know, it hasn't. Like no, no, I mean, you know, thank you with all my heart to the surgeon who saved mm. my life. I can't remember much about what went on and stuff. All I know is I was in hospital for 14 days. I didn't eat for eight days and I didn't have any fresh air for 13 days. And all I had was morphine and tramadol and things like that. And it took me to a really, really horrible place. Yeah. Not very nice at all. So, uh, yeah, to get out of there and get back on my feet, it's, it's been a bit of a miracle, really. So, oh, mate, like, <laughs> yeah, give you a fresh, fresh influence uh, for going absolutely forward. Absolutely, 200% more determined yeah. to make what I do a success and yeah. to help people, definitely. Awesome. Definitely. If ever everyone wants an example of like a bloke who just, who just kind of has a like a real kind of burning desire to kind of do good and just yeah, carry yeah, on yeah. with his mission, like despite setbacks, just yeah. watch the documentary and yeah, like, thank you, man. Yeah, um, definitely. Just quickly on hip hop, right? Yeah, because Stevie thinks he's a hip hop head, right? But he's all <laughs> he's all the new school people, right? He's yeah, Jay yeah. Cole, and the only Jay Cole I know is to play left wing for West Ham. But who's your <laughs> uh, who's your yeah, Who's your um, kind of, well, yeah, J.Cole, isn't J. it? J.Cole, yeah, yeah. yes. So I, know, I know Joe Cole. That one. <laughs> um, who were your kind of inspirations growing up? Um, definitely Run DMC, uh, Beastie Boys, Public Enemy, um, KRS-One. KRS-One, yeah, he's class. He's um, a big one for me. I in saw the UK, at Leeds. Uh, a group called Hijack. Yeah, yeah. There was really big uh, Demon Boys. Um a band called The Roots with big inspirations, man. I've seen them yeah. live a few times. Um, I mean, all the Zulu Nation like crews from back in the day, Jungle Brothers, Tribe Called Quest, Big Daddy Kane, yes. and all them. Like that's the yeah yeah that's the real stuff. Feel it cropping it. Yeah, I supported Big Daddy Kane here in Leeds. Wow. Actually. No. Yeah, yeah, when was yeah. that? That was 2016. Wow, yeah, absolutely brilliant. That's amazing. The Mint Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Club, yeah. It's, Leeds has got some not. good acts over the years. I've seen yeah. DJ Premier here. I've seen, yeah, yeah. Um, seen Souls of Mischief or KRS One. Yeah, they get they get something. They kind I've of seen Della Sol, yeah. Yeah, I've seen, seen yeah. Academy, yeah. And who else? I saw some of yeah. the Smokestackers. And you turn up here, you're like, oh man, this can be amazing. And I saw Jerry the Damager as well. And wow, you go and it's not even full sometimes. You're like, uh, how is this mm, not, full? not full? Like <laughs> this is <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Like the tickets usually quite cheap. Yeah, yeah, ten, twelve quid or something. It's, it was almost like that. What was massive in the nineties is now almost like a bit niche and cult, isn't it? Like definitely, yeah, yeah. Are you into any of the new school people? I'm going to say yeah, yeah, new school. Yeah, um, I think Kendrick Lamar talks a lot of good, yeah, good yeah. conscious stuff. Um, Jonah Lucas. Oh yeah, yeah, I do know him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've not heard much of his stuff. He's but doing I do a song know called him. "I'm Not Racist." Check it All out right. on YouTube, man. Yeah. Very, very oh, clever I've seen song. that. I've seen very that. Yeah, the video. Is that yeah. the one? Uh, the music video is like he's rapping as a white guy. That's yeah, right. that is amazing. White guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy sat opposite. Such, such a good video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah J. Cole does some good conscious yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. You're constantly trying I to get me onto it, J. Cole. He needs to get on the more conscious stuff. You know, he's a bit... <laughs> Mate, yeah, I'm all about the conscious stuff. 20 years ago, this fella, but... <laughs> Mate, that was um, the origin of conscious rap. Common, another one. Man, common, another, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Common Sense, brilliant. Mm. Um, I don't really like um, Graham much, but I think Storm is, Storms is doing something really good with the young people. Yeah, 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 yeah. I watched his Glastonbury set and I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Mm. So, yeah, big up Storms as well, man. He's, he's starting like an education thing for young people as well. Yeah, I've seen he's, been, he's going to put people through like exactly, um, schools yeah, and yeah. stuff, isn't he? Yeah. And it is nice when people actually 
do give back and don't just go off to Ibiza for years and party all the way. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, yeah. As I much as we'd love to. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of those guys, though, that, that seems to... He's thinking about his community yeah. and the next generation. Definitely. And, definitely. and what, what's best for yeah, country, yeah. I guess, as well, yeah. on that scale. So Definitely. Yeah. You get on with Stormzy well, don't you? I, I quite like a few grime artists. Like, <laughs> yeah. Not really grime, but some of the UK hip hop, like Loki and Akala, they're pretty conscious. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, Akala's yeah. such an intelligent dude. Akala's on, yeah. on the documentary. Yeah, he he is, yeah, yeah. yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and Loki, yeah, they're, they're brilliant, aren't they? Yeah, they're almost like he's kind of like a intellectual now, isn't he? Like he's. Yeah, on, I think he's teaching. He is actually teaching himself now. Isn't yeah, he? So, yeah, yeah. We we got a fifteen by the BBFC for. 19 fucks on the documentary and Akala took five there about five <laughs> seconds it's about stage. a 10 second scene isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. 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 yeah it's a chorus isn't it yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a chorus <laughs> odd repeat yeah um, what's next for you then man what's next for the Beats Boss and how can people like listening support on um, definitely you know I think the next big thing we need to do is try and tackle some of this knife crime madness that's going on in the world it's uh, mm-hmm. you know so many so many lives are just getting lost mm. for an ag through an argument or gang culture or mm. so you know it's it's a real dangerous subject to tackle but if somebody doesn't do something about it what's going to be left you know families losing the kids and the mams and everything all over mm. the shop so that's definitely going to be our next big project to try and change the way of people you know the way they think about it and that's on september when the schools start, is yeah, it all, yeah, yeah. When yeah. the schools come back in, I mean, not just schools. I want to take it into communities where I don't think the video is powerful enough to be an intervention tool, but I do believe it's powerful enough to be a prevention tool. So if we can take it to areas where you know people are carrying knives, but there's not much like stabbings mm. and stuff going on, and just change the train of thought, then you know that's what we kind of want to do next. I think. So you're looking to try and get into those areas? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, We've, I've just put in um, a funding bid to the Crime Commissioner to be able to get as a, a vehicle and stuff, and you know, safety, safety to go into areas like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, if you ever need anything from us, like crossed, retweets or any putting out any messages, brilliant. Give us a shout because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. amazing, man. And, yeah, mate, and. Where can people find you? Instagram, Twitter, website? Anything yeah, yeah. Like if you go to our website, it's uh, www.beats-bus.co.uk and there's a button on there that just says email us. You can email us off there and it comes straight directly to my email and I'll pick it up. So uh, Twitter is at Red Eye Phoenix. Um, the bus one is at bus underscore hull. And then Instagram's Hull Beats Bus, Red Eye Phoenix, Facebook's Hull Beats Bus. Because I don't do Facebook. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Facebook's, yeah. I'm a bit off. You yeah. Facebook, don't you? Oh, it's all right, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, mate, honestly, it's a real privilege to have you on. Like, I saw that film and I was genuinely like super moved and I thought it was just a really great story and just a really real story. And yeah, it's the yeah. sort of thing that should be celebrated and anyone listening who has these City of Culture initiatives, they should watch that film as like, this is what we actually have to, we need yeah. to find these stories and bring yeah, them out. Yeah. And, yeah um, yeah mate it's been a pleasure having you on and, yeah, and shout out to Sean as well who did the film and anyone else involved in it yeah. it's been great yeah. thank you um, but yeah thank you mate yeah thank you too it's been a pleasure man thank you for listening to the podcast really really appreciate people listening um, Steve brilliant really enjoyed that chat talked a little bit about in that podcast about the mentality education stuff we're doing and also our value and initiative so 
if you want to have a look at more what we're doing do have a look at uh, the information that we have on our website um patreon.com forward slash mentality that's patreon.com forward slash mentality and and have a look at what we're doing we do appreciate everyone's support we love doing it we'll see you on the next one yeah.